0: Welcome back, everyone. You're rocking with the Cash Flow President, and this is the Cash Flow President podcast where we discuss personal development, finances, health, knowledge, and empowerment. All right, guys, so this is episode four. Um, not quite a milestone, but I'm excited about it. I feel like we're going in the right direction, right? Uh, continuously dropping content, trying to add that value and a wealth of information. Into the world. So today's topic is going to be wealth distribution and accumulation, okay? And for me, I would like to start with the accumulation of wealth, just give you a broad little uh, uh, idea of how that whole process is, a thought process behind it. Uh, I got a, a quick little backstory before we get into all of that. I actually was speaking with someone uh, about a week ago disgusting uh how i wanted to make a hundred thousand dollars um you know in a couple of years like that's my target goal and we were saying like you know what well, they were saying how you know uh they believed it was going to be kind of tough because i don't make my job doesn't provide a hundred thousand dollars worth of money to me right i don't you know uh that's not what my what i'm currently sitting at so we was i was thinking like man Doctors and lawyers and dentists aren't the only ones who are able to accumulate and create and generate uh a hundred thousand dollars in cash or revenue or an income, whatever the case may be right. They're not um The reason why the masses can't accumulate that much is because one, our jobs don't pay that much, and two, we don't know where to look. In order to generate that type of capital, if that makes sense. The average person isn't looking to create different streams of income to be able to amass that amount of money, okay? The wealthy have, on average, and this is the low end, on average, three streams of income, okay? Um, An income stream... It's just a different flow of money for you. It's a different, it's a different avenue that you make money. Um, your job is an income stream. Uh, your investments are income streams. Your businesses are income streams. Different flows of money that you have is a stream of income. And the rich know to have more than one. OK, it's a lot of us out here in the world today. We want to have that one singular income string and. We we seek more and we want more, but we don't do more so we don't get more. You will only make so much money at your job. You might have a high paying job, but if you still feel like you want more, you could have more. You have to know where to look. Uh, In the accumulation of wealth, I believe that's what it is. That's the thought process behind it. It's looking for that income. It's looking for that extra flow of money. It's knowing where to look. It's uh, having the mindset to look. It's uh, being conscious enough to know that, hey, if I want more, I have to go out and get more. And that's what that conversation was about that I was having. It's like you don't have to be a doctor a dentist or a lawyer. To, to accumulate $100,000 in a year. You just have to know where to look, and you have to actively be looking. If you can do both of those, it's a good chance you'll generate whatever sum of money you deem acceptable or whatever you feel is like your target goal, right? And that's how that works in the accumulation of wealth. Simply put, just look, knowing where to look and actively looking, right? You have to do it with the ferocity and the tenacity that commands that you can be in the six-figure category. That's how uh, I believe that works. In terms of wealth distribution here, the top 1% of the truly wealthy hold 43% of the world's wealth. Let me say that again for you. The top 1% of the truly wealthy hold 43% of the world's wealth. It's a, it's 7.9, almost 8 billion people in the world. The top 1% hold almost 50% of the world's wealth. That's Those that are staggering numbers. That top 1%, it equates out to around 32 million people. Well, we just said it's almost 8 billion people in the world. So you get 32 million out of 8 billion, and that's where almost 50% of the world's wealth is. Um, The bottom 95% of the world, the have-nots, you know, you have the haves and the have-nots, right? The bottom 95% of the people of the world, which is just your average everyday person, holds 28% of the world's wealth. So out of 8 billion people, 32 million hold almost 50%. And the rest of the, the bottom 95 hold... Almost thirty percent now you do have a little mid uh, middle number in there a little middle ground between the different even the in the percentages of the money that 's held and the ninety five percent and the one to a four percent gap in there with the uh and that would be the people in the middle uh, i don 't think no one too much discusses those guys i mean i don 't know why, but I mean maybe they 're not a half not they 're not quite a half just yet um they 're right in the middle right. That's just to, to make up the rest of the percentages of what we're talking about. But we, we, we discuss this in terms of have and have not, so I believe that's why we're leaving the middle portion out, right? So, and, if, and this is truly how I feel if all the world's money is distributed evenly among all the people, I feel that it'll eventually find its way back into the hands of the truly rich. And I say that because the wealthy know how to place, strategically place and maneuver and position their earnings and their money to be able to grow it again. When you send your money out in the world, it has to be able to come back with friends. That's the only that's how you create more money. Right. You can't just. You can't just get a. Uh, A flow of money, right? I'ma call. You can't just get your income and continuously pluck from that tree. Okay, if we know that the truly wealthy have at least three income streams, that means they're creating a a flow of cash, right? So, if if the world's wealth was distributed evenly amongst the people, what do you think that the wealthy would do that the masses wouldn't? Well, the, the wealthy would put that money in place to go make more money for them. They would track their money and and watch their money grow, whereas your average person would just spend that money, probably wouldn't track, probably wouldn't budget, and more than likely probably wouldn't do anything to grow that money into more. That's the difference between the truly wealthy and and the masses. The difference between the haves and the have-nots. The haves know how to have more, and the have-not the have-nots have not figured out how to get more. Okay, so the haves have figured out how to have more, and the have-nots have have not figured out how to get more. That's the primary difference, and that's why I believe that. If the wealth were distributed evenly uh, amongst the world, it'll find its way back into the truly rich. And that's because they would take their money to create income streams, streams of income, streams of capital, uh, flows of money. You can't make money. I can tell you that right now. People that just simply make money uh, will will definitely never have what they strive to have because... The, the government makes money. They print it all the time. We can't make it. We can earn it. We can create it. We can generate it. We can accumulate it. We can't make it. Okay? Uh, the people in that top 1%, they know how to create and generate that income. They specialize in it. That's why they are in the position that they're in, and then the rest of the world is in the position that it's in. Um, that's... Those are staggering numbers, and even the thought, the the idea behind it, is disheartening. Because I feel like, don't get me wrong, I, I believe people are probably are more than likely truly happy, or hopefully they are truly happy in their situations, and in where they're at as far as the income. Majority of people, I've talked to people, I've been one of these people. And I just understand how things work. A lot of people feel like they're underpaid. A lot of people feel like they should have more and a lot of people want to have more. But like I said about accumulation of wealth, you have to know how to you have to know where to look and you have to you have to want to look and you have to actively look. That's the thought process behind that. You can't have more if you truly want more. You can't have more if you don't do more. You'll never get more. You'll just always have what you've always had. Your job will give you, what, one raise a year? You can switch jobs every year. You'll end up with no stability and potential raises here and there from the uh, job change, maybe, if you're lucky. Um, But that's not the way to go, in my opinion. What is the way is creating other flows of capital for yourself. Um. And uh, Robert Kiyosaki, author of Rich Dad Poor Dad, one of the guys I look up to in business. Um, he actually stated this that when he wants a liability, and a liability is something that takes money out of your pocket. Like if it doesn't put money in your pocket, it's a liability. Um, when he wants, it can be a pair of shoes that takes money out of your pocket. Be a car note, unless you're using that car to make you money, it's taking money out of your pocket. Be a home, unless you're using that home to put money in your pocket, it's a liability. It's taking it out of your pocket every month, every week, every day, whatever the case may be. It can be your dog. Your dog is a liability. Um, That T-shirt you just went and bought is a liability. Uh, Whenever he wants a new liability, he creates a stream of income to be able to afford it. That's what the rich do. So if I wanted a new pair of shoes... If I wanted to, if I wanted a new liability, right? I wanted to take on uh, 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 more debt or take on a purchase in my life or something like that. What I would first do is create a stream of income in order to be able to afford that liability that's about to take this money out of my pocket. So, if I wanted, let's say, if I wanted a new iPhone, man, what like a. I believe like the iPhone 12 is like a grand now, maybe a thousand dollars, maybe a thousand plus. Okay, well, I want this iPhone, right? What a wealthy person would do is go create a flow of money. They would create a stream of income. It don't matter if it's a business. It doesn't matter if they wait, if they put their money in the dividend stocks and wait till they get paid out Uh, through the the dividends, in order to purchase it, or it doesn't matter what they do, they put it in real estate. It doesn't matter what they do, right? They find a business part, they create a uh, a tangible item, they create a you know a a, a new savvy little watch or something. They put it in the marketplace, right? Whatever they do, they create a flow of money, and then they go out and buy what they want, and that's the idea. That's the philosophy behind money that we all should strive for because you're essentially not just plucking from that one tree right you're creating the flow of money so i would rather so essentially what's happening is you're going to put your money into an investment tool and then let the income generated through that investment tool pay for the things you want instead of spending that thousand dollars on that new iphone i'll take that same thousand dollars and put it into an investment strategy and let my payout buy me that iPhone. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I'm getting a little excited talking about this because it's like, that's it's phenomenal for me. It's uh, the thought process, the philosophy behind it. It, it makes sense. I feel like uh, if I want to go get another car, well, let me go. Instead of putting $50,000 into a car outright, uh, for that car to take money out of my pocket, well, let me just take fifty thousand dollars, put it in a down payment on a few uh, rental properties, and let the payout of that buy me the new car that I want. Right over time, it's a, it's always a long term game because you're not gonna just turn around and get thousand dollar payouts, two thousand dollar payouts, five hundred thousand dollar payouts. It doesn't work like that. It's a long term game. Wealth is a long term game. How how wealth is calculated it's a long-term game. Everything dealing with wealth is pretty much long-term. Don't get me wrong, you can find some good deals that'll get you that accumulate you wealth. It'll generate money quicker than the next one will like flipping a home or uh repairing. People that do car repair, they repair they buy junk cars, repair them and sell them. You know, they make a profit like that. Uh that's a uh uh when you when you force the value of something to go up, uh you know that's that's definitely a way to make money but like true long term wealth is uh it's a it's a long term game wealth building is a it's a marathon ran at a sprint <laughs> if that makes sense and the reason why I say that is because if it, it can be a if, if you do a marathon at a snail's pace it'll take you forever to reach your your end goal if you do it at a sprint you'll have to work a lot harder to get to what you want right you're gonna have to Multiply the efforts and your actions to get to where you want to go. And I believe that's what success is for me. It's by getting to where I want to go. Am I, am I tracking the time to get there? No. Would I like for that time to come as soon as possible? Yes. So that means I do extra work, right? Um, instead of if I'm trying to, if I if I sell houses and... I only make two or three phone calls a day to sell houses well chances are i might not sell that many houses but if i sell houses and i make 20 to 30 calls a day well i got more of a chance to get those houses sold that's how i look at it uh so that's why i say it's a sprint it's a marathon with sprint like speed just to kind of turbo charge that i like to do that i like to tell people like you just want to get started but I also like to tell people how I go about doing things I like the turbo turbocharger and kind of we can expedite the process a little bit and make it a little easier for ourselves. If you only set if you set your goals low, you end up failing, you'll realize that you you didn't do enough to get to where you want to go. If you set your goals high and end up failing, that means you would have exceeded all expectations. You just didn't hit your target. I feel like that's a little better of an outcome than uh, the, the 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 former. Okay, but back to the back to the topic at hand. So, the thought process behind creating additional streams of income to pay for your liabilities. That's, I feel like it's thought-provoking, right? It should be a change of philosophy because not only did I create a new stream of income so I can buy a particular item, so it's like I'm not... My money isn't wasted, right? If I go buy a pair of... If I want to buy a new... iPhone, same, same example. If I want to buy that iPhone, my money isn't wasted. That $1,000 that I put into that iPhone is not going to get wasted if I take that same $1,000, put it into an investment tool and let the uh, the um the proceeds of that the return on the investment of that buy me my liability that money's not wasted because still I still know where that money is and that money is still generating me more money even after I purchase that uh that liability right that's just the power of different streams of income different flows of money right so I feel like that's like you you're not plucking from a tree at that point just hoping to continue to You know, uh, hoping that that tree doesn't reach zero. You've essentially added to that tree. You planted another seed. That's beautiful. You've planted another. At that point, you've planted another seed. Instead of just plucking another fruit, you planted another seed. And that's what the truly rich do. That's what the wealthy do. That's why the wealthy have more and continue to create more, okay? So, now, how wealth is calculated. Wealth is calculated by network. And net worth is, it can be a number of things. It's gonna be assets, it can be businesses, it can be investments, be liquid cash, okay? Net worth is expressed as wealth equals assets minus liabilities, okay? So, liability, I told you guys, we're gonna learn what liabilities and assets are. You're gonna hear those terms throughout my podcast a lot cash flow, okay? So, an asset is anything. Any tool used to put money into your pocket, assets put money in your pocket. If you have a rental home, that home is now an asset. You get paid out every month for it. If you rent out cars, that car is an asset. It puts money in your pocket. If you sell uh, clothes, your clothing now are assets. They put money in your pocket. If you're a business, your employees are assets. They put money in your pocket. Your your employees generate the the output from your employees generates you income. That's how it works, okay That's the difference between that's, Those are assets, a liability, like I said, your car If you're not renting it out Guess what, it take, you have to put gas in You have to get tune-ups, you have to get oil change. You have to get work done on it, right It takes money out of your pocket every day, every month Your house If, you don't, if you're not renting it out Guess what's happening? Every month you pay a mortgage, you pay a rent, you, you have repairs. It's a lot of things you have to have done. It's a liability. It takes money out of your pocket. Your dog, unless you making them have babies or, you know, using their genetics to create more babies, then guess what? They they eat food. They drink water. They they require trips to the vet. They require a lot of things. They're a liability to take money out of your pocket, Okay. So, we're going to have net worth. It's calculated. It's expressed as wealth equals assets minus liabilities. So, if we know that that's the case, then we want to limit our uh, our liabilities and we want to maximize our assets. The truly wealthy, uh, in their financial statements, they have it broken down as uh, income over expenses. And then you have a separate column that's assets and liabilities. Okay? So... Your liabilities, they flow through the expense column, right? Your assets, they flow through the income column. You want to limit your liabilities. You have as little as possible. That way you can maximize your assets. You have as many as possible. So in, in turn, you have more income than you have expenses. That's how business works. That's how I believe life works. You will never have anything if you or continuously uh just adding liabilities and plucking from your one tree right if you're if your expenses are more than your income you're 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 in the red if your expenses and your income are equal you might as well be in the red you're you're pretty much like you're you're stressing every week right but if you can limit that you can limit those liabilities to where your your income is Two times your 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 expenses, right? Your income is three times your expenses. Well, that means you probably have two or three times more assets than you do liabilities. Okay, and that's what you want to strive for. Um, have you ever seen uh, someone with a lot of money live paycheck to paycheck? Well, that's because they 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 make a lot of money, but they don't manage it properly, or put it in uh in, in they don't invest it or manage it properly to where it's able to to work for them. It's easy to get caught in the trap of I make more, so I'll spend more. That's a trap, and it's easy to get caught in it too because every time you get a raise, what typically happens? You increase your spending. If you got a job, if you got two jobs, people don't typically increase their savings and investments. They increase their spending, right? I've been a victim of that. I know a lot of us have. You know, instead of uh, increasing my investments and my savings, well, I'm making good money. Let's well, that means we can go instead of going out two times a week, let's go out three or four times a week. Instead of going shopping uh once a month, let's go shopping twice a month, three times a month, right? That's what ends up happening the uh the more uh uh income that you come into, you end up spending more. And that's a that's a bad philosophy. That's a bad uh habit, that's a bad discipline, a bad Uh, character trait to have is when you earn more you spend more no that's not how it's supposed to be it's supposed to be the opposite when you earn more you invest and save more okay so back to net worth so we know that it's calculated by assets your businesses your investments and your liquid cash so we have your assets which is anything that it puts money in your pocket okay um sometimes it's described as let's say the the things that you own right your assets uh it's a formula for that too <laughs> it's a formula for your assets too um so basically with your assets it's let's say you have a watch right uh um uh what's a good watch uh uh i'm gonna say the atisset or let's say uh, Movado A Movado watch Those are nice watches You have a Gucci watch Who cares Right A Rolex uh, Those those are assets Because they don't They don't lose value And you can sell them At or around The same price You got it for Right So that's a that's an, That can go It's a liability But It's used to calculate Your wealth In the asset column Right If I have a Rolex um, A $200,000 home uh, and a hundred thousand dollar car, those would be when it came down to my net worth, they would be in the column for my. Because that's like those are things that can be sold for a quick cash. I'm gonna say it like that. It's a good way to look at um, in terms of assets. Don't get me wrong. I know we just said uh, if your house is taking money out of your pocket, it's a it's a it's a liability, but it's another way to look at it as well. If you own the home, it's just yours. If you can sell it or get rid of it or anything like that, like if you need to, it's an it, it'll be it'll be in the asset column. Is it a true asset? In my opinion, no, it's not. But can it go in the asset column when when calculating net worth? Yes, it definitely can and does. Um, like I said, you have a Rolex watch valued at fifty thousand. Your car is valued at 100000 Your house is valued at $500,000. Well, you have a net worth of $650,000. And that's just in that. like, Because net worth is going to be your assets, your businesses, your investments, and liquid cash. Okay, so when people describe net worth, Businesses, what, how much is your business valued at? What's the equity you have in your business, right? Uh, we'll get into equity too. It's a lot of terms you have to know about money. That's why I said in one of my previous podcasts, man, you have to know the history of money, you have to know about money. Um, some of the you know different terms and uh, uh philosophies and ideas behind it, it'll do you some good to know because in turn. You can you can make sure that you can check a few of those boxes that the wealthy are checking, or even just so you can check for yourself and become something right, or to do something different. So you can uh, so uh, business equity and companies that you've invested in uh, different investments. Um, like, whatever whatever you're investing in, whether you're investing in real estate, whether you're investing in um, a stock market, uh, whether you're investing in mutual funds, ETFs, who care, whatever it is, whatever you invest in, you can invest in bonds and notes, whatever you invest in, um, that's what... That's what a part of that net worth of calculation. Uh, if you have a hundred thousand in the stock market, you have a hundred thousand in ETFs, you have a a uh, million dollars in real estate. Well, they're gonna add all of that together, and that's gonna be your net worth. Okay, uh, plus your liquid cash. If you have a hundred thousand in savings, they're gonna bundle all that together, right? Anything that can be sold and quickly uh, have that money uh 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 deposit into your account. You can if you need if people get strapped for money they can sell all their stocks. You're gonna get taxed on it. You can sell all your stocks You can sell your home. You know, it, some, some instances, well uh, when it's when it's dealing with real estate, you can sell your home and not be taxed. i I'm gonna do a podcast on that as well. Um just the different tax advantages. Um and you know it's gonna be you can sell it, you can sell your home You can sell those different things You can sell your business, you can sell your stake your stake in a company You can sell off some of your investments You know, if you just happen to need cash The idea is to not to, but this is just how we're calculating that net worth, right? So again, net worth is going to be assets, businesses, investments, and liquid cash So we know what assets are We know uh, uh, if it's something that puts money into your pocket If it's something that you own, that can be sold Uh, sold off in this instance. Like I said, I feel like assets put money in your pocket, but like I said, when it comes to net worth, uh, air quotation, when it comes to net worth, we're going to put your home and your car in there. I don't feel they're assets, but when it comes to calculating net worth, they're going to be in the asset column. Okay. Um, So that's just a little insight as to how, you know, we should go about strategically placing our money to be able to come into the fold of net worth. Um, most times, people's net worth is, it only goes as far as what they have in the bank. There are no assets, you know? Like I said, this isn't, most people aren't, like me personally, I'm not using assets as the car you're driving home. I'm talking about like true assets, income producing assets. Most people don't have Any Income producing assets. Most people don't have any businesses with equity in them You can have a business is that business generating money. How much is that business worth, right? Uh, And then most people don't have those different investments whether it be real estate whether it be a stock market whether it be mutual funds REITs uh, ETFs, uh, you know things like that even your 401k that's an investment, you know a lot of people don't have those different tools to place and track your money that's all your net worth is really and when you think about it in the grand scheme of things all your net worth is is where have you put your money What, how have you positioned your money to get value out of it that's what I feel like essentially I just described is where have you put your what tools have you put your money if you just keep putting your money into the world and you get nothing from it or you can't watch it grow or it does nothing for you chances are you don't have a net worth right it's a good chance you won't have a net worth in in those terms, right? Okay, so, back to the point at hand. People, people, people don't understand that you have to have a certain philosophy in order to grow uh, and accumulate that wealth, right? Um, People want to, you'll have people that They want to look like certain celebrities or act like certain celebrities or idolize certain actions by people that are way more well-off than they are. How can you sit here and have a rock star lifestyle and party like you're, you know, some celebrity when you don't make celebrity money? You don't have celebrity money or influence, you know? You don't have the money that they have, you don't have the income streams that they have. You don't even have the marketability that they have. Okay? You don't, you know? You can't sit here and wanna be like a a entertainer and you wanna go get jewelry, you wanna live a certain lifestyle, you wanna wear certain clothes. They can afford that. If you only make 40,000 a year, 50,000 a year, and you don't have any additional income streams, what you just gonna keep plucking from a tree just to look like someone who is more than likely getting paid for some of the stuff that they're wearing and some of the stuff that they're doing like the, when when these people like I touched on this earlier when these people have these 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 deals with McDonald's or they have these deals with Nike or they have these like production uh they have these uh commercials that they're doing, they have these uh franchises that they own those are income streams they're able to do that. They can afford to do that. They can afford to do the things that they do because they're making money. They're not just going and go uh, doing a few shows and they're making a lot of money. Like, like, they're making some decent money doing that, but they're not just, oh, yeah, I did some shows. Let me do no No, no, they're, they're, all this stuff that they're doing on the Internet when they're shouting people out, they give shout-outs now. They do, um, they'll uh, advertise your product on their, on their page, uh, but you're paying for that, right? These, these people have different streams of income, Okay, these people have different streams of income. You can't try to be like them and want to be like them, but you don't have the money that they have. You don't even have the mindset that they have, because they're getting up every day and and investing in themselves with the different streams of income that they have. How can you try to look like a, a entertainer that you like when you don't even have what they have going on? You know, that person might have a shoe deal, a clothing deal. They might have a a partner with McDonald's. They may have partnered with Papa John's, State Farm, whatever, right? They might have whatever other business ventures that they have on the side of their website. They might have an alcoholic beverage that they promote. Those are streams of income. That's the flow of income. You have absolutely none of that, but you want to have absolutely everything else that they have. That's crazy. You have to fix your thought process, Okay. You have to fix your thought process. So getting back to uh, income, I touched on it earlier about uh, taxes, how if you were to um, buy a house and sell it, you'd be taxed in certain instances where you wouldn't. I'm not going to touch on real estate, but I will touch on the different types of income since we've been discussing uh, um you know net worth and wealth accumulation and stuff like that so basically there are three types of income you have earned income that's the that's what you work for you earned it you work for that okay you have uh capital gains uh that's a that's a tax that you pay that's a, not a tax you pay that's a that's a a, a a income stream where you buy something low and you sell it high i'll, I'll discuss I'll touch on that a little bit more too you have passive income that's a, that's an income stream where you don't have to do any work and you get paid as a result, okay? So earned income, you actually have to work, okay? Capital gains, you're buying low and you're selling high. Passive income, you do absolutely nothing and you get paid for it, okay? Those are the three types of income sources right there. They, it, well, capital gains, we would call it portfolio income, or whatever, I mean, you know, uh, it's a bunch of different terms that go into those different things, those different categories. Um, it'd be worth looking into. So first, let's get into earned income. Earned income. What that is, is it's the money you make that you've earned from your job. Okay? It's the highest tax out of all the different incomes. Okay? The labor that you put in to work is taxed the highest out of all the other incomes. Okay? So while you're selling your body, while you're selling yourself, and while you, you know, you know, you get off work and your back hurt, your feet hurt, you're tired, your mood kind of messed up, you don't want to deal with the kids, the wife, or any of that, you're being taxed at a higher rate for that, for putting in more labor. Doctors That's earned income. They have to work for that. Lawyers, that's earned income. Dentists, that's earned income. Don't get me wrong. It's a higher earned income. You know, they make a bit more money, but they're taxed just the same. It's money that they have to work for. If they don't go to work, they don't get that money. They don't earn that income. That's what earned income. Some people call it working income. That's all it is, okay? You have to work for that money. You have to go put hours in. You have to trade your time. For that money, and it's taxed the highest out of all three that I just named. Capital gains, okay. Well, capital gains is it's buying low and selling high. Have you ever bought? You know the people that um they they flip sneakers, flip Jordans. They buy them at retail price and they mark them up like two hundred, three hundred dollars. That's capital gains, okay. That's the idea behind capital gains. Uh, a house. If you bought a people that flip houses, they buy a house for a hundred thousand, maybe put a little work into it, maybe they don't. They sell it for three hundred, four hundred thousand. That's capital gains. Okay. Capital gains is taxed a bit differently. Okay, uh, long term. Uh, capital gains is taxed between at fifteen to twenty percent, so long term capital gains means how long did you hold that asset okay stocks for example uh if you have a stock that you bought for five dollars in the nineties and it's worth five hundred dollars today well the capital the gains the capital gains on that five dollars is now. $495 okay so you'll pay when you pay taxes on capital gains you're paying on the profits okay so if you buy low and sell high you're paying on the profits if I buy a stock like I said for five dollars and then it and then I, I, I it goes up in value to $500 and I sell it I might have to pay taxes on That $495 profit, okay, that's how capital gains works. You buy low and you sell high, whether it's stocks, whether it's a house, whether it's a car. No matter what it is, when you buy low and sell high, that's capital gains. Long-term capital gains means that you held the asset for over... um, You've held the asset for over a year, typically it can be ten years, twenty years, whatever right that's long term capital gain If you want to get taxed the least amount on it, like if you want to get taxed the least on it, some people might not care about tax like if you do if you go get a house and you buy it for a hundred thousand dollars right now, you sell it tomorrow for three hundred thousand dollars you're going to get you're gonna pay a heavy penalty on that a heavy tax on that because you didn't hold the asset long enough. OK, the government gives tax advantages to people that hold an asset for longer periods of time. Just like if I bought a like like uh, if you are familiar with cryptocurrency, when um, when when Dogecoin was hot, when it hit the scene or yeah, I'm going to use Dogecoin. when Dogecoin was hot and it hit the scene. It was going with if you got into it at what ten cents? Who cares? Uh, Thirteen cent, twenty cent, wherever you got into it, right? When it hit, if you got into it, and it, when it was at ten cent, whenever it finally hit seventy-five cents, if you sold right there, if you sold at that point, and you, you, and you only had been holding it for two months, you're gonna pay a capital gains tax on those profits, right? Because you're gonna pay a big, a heftier tax because you didn't hold it for that long. If you had bought Bitcoin when it first came out, when it was valued at eight thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, whatever the case was, and you finally sold it when it got to sixty thousand dollars, you'd pay less in taxes because you held it for a long time. It took Bitcoin has been out for a while now, so if you finally just selling it last year, the year before, and you got it when it first came out, one, you've been you've made a lot of money, and two. You uh you paying less than tax because you've held that asset. It is an asset. You've held that asset for a longer period for a longer period of time. Passive income. Passive income is typically the least taxed out of all three. Sometimes it can get as low as zero tax, like zero percent. And then sometimes it can get to a range, I'm going to say, of typically between 5 and maybe 20%. If you're unlucky, it'll be higher. It'll be like 20%. If you're lucky, you'll be around a 5% tax, 10% tax, maybe even zero. Um, you have to be able to meet certain criteria in business or in real estate for for your passive income to be taxed at zero. The reason why the passive income is so is taxed the least is because you're essentially providing uh, opportunity. When you do most passive income strategies, provide opportunity. Like if you have a business and you have 500 employees, you've just given jobs to 500 people, right? If you have real estate, if you have money in real estate. And you have a bunch of real estate properties. You, you're providing homes for people. Okay, the government gives tax advantages or tax breaks for essentially to you for doing their job for them. If you're providing homes for people, they don't have to provide homes with the housing or with other whatever uh, strategy. Uh, uh, you know, different. Um, uh, or I'm going to call them, the, the other different programs they have. They don't have to provide it, right? Or if you provide jobs for people, you have 500 employees, or you provided people with, you provided people with a source of income. That's something that they don't have to do with their uh, benefits or other things that the government will do to help people out, right? That's why it's taxed at least. Passive income is typically has the most advantages and it's the most lucrative. Don't get me wrong, capital gains can be very lucrative uh earned income can be lucrative for you too if you happen to be in a field that pays a lot of money that's in demand. Capital gains can be very lucrative, but it can also provide you can get taxed a lot on um on capital gains. You can get you can get you get if you don't hold the asset for long enough, you can get crazy taxes. You can pay a lot in taxes, okay? Passive income on the other hand, it's crazy because it's the it provide it, it, uh, you don't have to do as much work and you get the most out of it. That's the crazy part about it. Capital, uh, uh, passive income. It could be, like I said, having money in real estate. It could be investing in someone else's business. It could be um, investing in uh, some of your assets. Can be passive income, right? Um, you don't have to do little to no work to 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 generate money off of that asset. When people get into real estate. Don't get me wrong, they can come, like, you can come fix toilets and do plumbing and stuff like that. But oftentimes, if you want it to be truly passive, what you'll do is you'll put someone else in place to run the day-to-day operations, right? If you have a trucking company, most people start out driving their own trucks, you know, getting their own contracts and making their own money. That's not passive income. That's earned income you're working for. You know, you're at that point, you're in the small business sector, you have a few business sectors, a uh, few sectors in business. You have um, uh, employees, the E sector, it's, uh, they, they make money off of earned income. You have a, a small business, the self-employed, S, self-employed at small businesses, they still have to go to work every day and make money. They're, they're taxed the pretty high. Um, You have big business, which is 500 employees or more. That's where the tax advantages start coming into play. And you have investors. You have those, um, you have investors, that's the I category. Those are the people that pay the least in tax because they typically are putting their money in places where they don't have to do that much work. And they're providing uh, opportunity, like I said before. Uh, uh, giving those doing, Helping the government out And in turn the government actually rewards you I don't get me wrong, no one likes the IRS No one likes Uncle Sam, all that good jazz. But if you play your part in society Or in terms of investing They will look out for you And give you certain tax breaks on it Tax breaks on it So passive income is going to be that's gonna be the, the end goal, right? Whatever you do, you wanna make it passive. You don't have too much time in a day. So whatever if I put my time into something, uh, or my I mean my, my money into something, I wanna be able to make want it to generate me money or cat or a flow a flow of cash. I want it to generate me a flow of cash without me having to do anything, okay? I wanna it to be able to generate me a flow of cash without it having to generate generate anything and cash flow, all that is that's your your leftover money after you paid all your expenses. Okay? So you have your asset minus your liabilities, you have your, your leftover expenses. You have your leftover money. Whatever's left over, that's what your cash flow is. If I buy um if I have a house in real estate and um I have uh I have to pay taxes on it, I have to pay my mortgage on it. I had to pay some of the repairs on it and things of that nature, and I get the money from my tenant. My tenant pays me 1,500 dollars every month. Well after the taxes and uh, repairs and my mortgage, I have I pay1,100 dollars. Well, that means my cash flow was 400 bucks. Okay, that's what that asset made me. So after all my expenses, whatever's left over, after I pay for everything, after everything's left over, that's that's how my cash flow is calculated. Uh, me personally, I, um, I flip cell phones. Okay, so definitely not passive by any means. I want to get it to passive, but you got to build up to that. It's like a couple different avenues that you got to do. Anyway, so after I buy the phone, get it repaired, maybe I have to buy a box for it. Maybe I had to get a charger for it. Maybe I had to do uh, get it unlocked. Whatever it is, right? Whatever I have to do, uh, all of that is going to be in my expense column. So what I sell the phone for, I'm going to subtract everything in my expense column from the total price that I sold that device for and whatever's left over. That's my cash flow. That's how much cash flow I have, right? The more cash flow you have, the more money you have. You know what I'm saying? Cash flow investing for me is like the... That's a that's a uh a, a more optimal strategy or strategy for me uh doing doing that. Uh don't get me wrong, you want to diversify your portfolio. I don't, you pro, you'll hear that uh somewhat in this uh podcast too. Having a diversified portfolio means that you're putting your money in different places instead of just one investment tool. You're spreading it out. You're diversifying it, you are making it more um it's more stable that way. Um, in, in the stock market You can put your money into Individual stocks You can do it in uh, mutual funds You can do it in reach You can do it in cryptocurrency At that point you've diversified your portfolio You can take it a step further Let's say you're in the stock market uh, So you have stocks right And then you're in real estate You have real estate right You have businesses That Those are different streams of income You've diversified your portfolio Your investment portfolio um, That's just a different way to go about it so, I mean me personally, I want to have I want to have some passive income. I I re- well I want most of my, I want the majority of my income to be passive. I want some capital gains too though because you get you get great money and you can get good advantages with capital gains. You know, what's what's better than buying something at a low number and selling it for much more than what you bought it for. You have to pay more in taxes, but I mean if it's just me diversifying my portfolio, I'll, I'll take a uh, 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 a hit in the tax bra- In the tax department um, To make $100,000 To make $200,000 You know what I'm saying I'll I buy a house for hundred k Instead of for three And now i just take the taxes I, I won't mind that at all I don't think no, too many people Would mind being taxed On capital gains When it's a big amount of gain Right That's okay Earned income I still go to work I have earned income So I've diversified my portfolio To the extent of where I have my earned income, I have my passive income because I do invest in other investment tools where I have to do no work and I get returns on it. So I have passive income, I have earned income, and some of the, the, the things that I, some of the different other business ventures that I have where I buy low and sell high, I have capital gain. And even in stocks. When you get stocks, you want to have you a couple of good capital gains. I dividend invest, okay? I invest for dividends. I invest for ca- uh, for for cash flow. I'm a more so cash flow investor, okay? But you want to diversify. You want to have a few stocks that have growth potential because wealth is a long term game anyway. You know, so if I have a stock right now, I bought it for eight bucks, and then in 20 years it's eight hundred. I have a you know that's a that's a growth stock. That's a I have something that has growth potential in it. Um you want to do that when your value of your home goes up from year to year. Okay? That's a capital gain. If you sit here, you buy a house for three hundred thousand, and six and 6 years later it's worth uh you buy a house for 300,000 6 years later it's worth 600,000. Guess what? You have a capital gain of 300,000. You bought something, you let it sit, it appreciated in value. It, it went up in value and it and it and it offered you a bigger return than what you bought it for. Okay? So you want to diversify yourself. For me, my end game is to stop working. I want to be financially free within the next 5 years and stop working. Right now, I don't mind working. I'm building up my 401k. You know, I'm getting I want to get to the point to where I don't have um the need to work like I do it just to save up my work checks if that makes sense. I wanna I wanna get to the point where I can totally live off of my investments and my businesses and everything else to where my work check is essentially just I'm letting it build up or I'm just investing the whole entire thing, you know. I feel like that's the goal. I feel like we all should aspire for things of that nature. Um to to be able to be financially free. I feel like it's the end goal for me at least to to not have to worry about uh, when I'm getting paid because I get paid all the time, right? I want to be able to get paid all the time. I want to be able to get paid in my sleep. Uh, Warren Buffett, I don't know if you heard of him. He's like one of the greatest investors of this time. Great businessman. Very, very, very amazing businessman. He said, if you don't find a way to make money in your sleep, you'll work until you die. I feel like those are true words. You know what I'm saying? Those are Those are true words because... If you're only going to work, to, if you're only going, if you're only relying on your actual work, uh, if you're only relying on your actual uh, income, I should say, to provide for you, you're going to always, what are you going to do just kind of, you're going to contribute to your 401k until you're 60 and finally retire? and try to live on that and have a little bit of left over like you're gonna finally start living you're gonna finally get that dream car finally get that dream house have your dream situation when you're 60 or 70 years old and you can't really enjoy it the way you should you know we can strive for financial freedom beforehand i don't want to retire at, at 60 i'm not gonna lie to you i want to retire at at 50 45 to 50 is my range if i would have uh, I had the mind frame that I have now 10 years ago 35 would have been my, my my uh my target but it's okay uh rather start late than never right that's the idea behind it so you want to you want to put yourself in position I feel like to be financially free and that's what that's what I'm striving to do and that's what I want to put into the world and have others strive to do to end up getting to the point to where you have a net worth, to end up getting to the point to where you have a diversified portfolio, to get to the point to where, you know what, that back that you go to, I mean, not the back, the job that you go to that you don't like, that you hate, you hate your boss, your back hurts every day, you know, you spend. you feel like you spend too much time there. I want to be able to, I want everyone to be, Free of that, financially free of that. Don't get me wrong, the world might stop turning a little bit if everyone's financially free and able to do it. Some people like the work. The world, I don't feel like it'll, it, it'll <laughs> things would be in a little bit of disarray if everyone just decided, hey, I'm gonna quit my job today. It'll be a lot less, um, Resources Out there for us (laughs) The market will probably uh, Implode on itself But I want that for everyone I truly do I truly want for everyone To be financially free Or have goals of such You know Um, If you work until it's time to retire And you just live on your 401k A million dollars isn't much In today's world Uh, I believe If you had like Depending on what your expenses were If you have um, A million bucks you will need to work in like five or six years, depending on what your expenses were. You, so unless you're planning on, if you have a million dollars, you have you a million dollars in 401k when you finally retire. Unless you plan on dying in five years, you, you're going to want to have more money coming in. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're going to want to have more money coming in. Um, you, no one wants to just pluck from a particular tree and just let it dwindle down to this zero. Me personally, I want to leave something for my kids, their kids, their grandkids. I want to create generational wealth um i feel like i know where to look at look for I, I feel feel like i know where to look forward at in order to do that and that's what i'm working toward i want everyone to work toward that i feel like we all have that next level talent and ability in us we just it's where we choose to look right you don't have to be a product of your environment if you grew up in the hood or in the ghetto you don't have to live like it you don't have to look like it you don't have to Mentally, be stuck there, right? You can go beyond that. Uh, if even if you grew up on the right side of the tracks, and you know, uh, maybe it was addiction in your family, maybe it was just like people were being successful in your family, but they weren't able to create generational wealth or leave nothing behind. You can you can be the one to do that. You can be the one to break that cycle or stop that chain or add to the 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 wealth that was provided for your family. You know, you can take it to the next step. I feel like that's our job as people uh, when we try to leave our legacy uh to the next generation, to the next group of people, we want to be able to build upon um I'm going to the 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 teachings of those before us, but we also have to want to we have to make our own lane. I feel like um you have to want to know where to look in order to be knowledgeable, I was talking to someone the other day, and they said that I had, I was the video king. I sent them a YouTube video. Uh, I think it was like a, it was just one of my random videos. Well, uh, how to, uh, what spend your money or invest your money in your twenties or what to do with your money or something like that, just to get you on the right track, right? They were like, oh, you're the video king. Like I, I, I actively look in the right places to find uh, information on certain things that would be beneficial to everyone, right? Not just certain things. It's like funny or negative or like you know i'm actually looking for things that would make a difference in my life so then in turn i can make a difference in someone else's life so my message to everyone outside this podcast is going to be to just look to add value in other people's lives okay instead of just thinking about yourself look to add value and positivity in the lives of others and watch how rich your life will be, okay? So until next time, everybody, this is the Cash Flow President, and this is the Cash Flow President podcast. You know how we do. Until next time, peace.